Welcome to the Officer Media Group Roll Call Podcast. Officer Roll Call is meant to inform and entertain. Now, let's get into this episode. Welcome to the Officer Roll Call Podcast. This is Paul Peluso, the editor of Officer Magazine. I'm joined as always by Frank Borelli, the editorial director of Officer Media Group. How's it going, Frank? Morning, Paul. How are you doing today, bud? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Today, we will be talking about traffic safety enforcement and ways law enforcement agencies can keep both their communities and their officers safer on the roadways they patrol every day. The January-February issue of Officer includes a special section on traffic safety enforcement, diving into topics such as ALPR, radar speed signs, and the use of data when it comes to traffic safety. Frank, during your time as an officer, how did you see the role of technology, the role that technology plays in traffic uh, traffic enforcement evolve over time? You know, number one, I, I want to remind people that traffic enforcement and, and uh, traffic safety are one of the most dangerous things police officers do. You know, when we're outside of our car, we're close to travel lanes or we're close to traffic uh, of any kind, quite often we get hit, injured, uh, and unfortunately sometimes killed in the line of duty. Um, so I don't want anybody listening to this to think, oh, it's another thing about technology or this or that. We, we really are talking about things that impact officer survival rates. Now, that said, in my time, Paul, and I was around a long time, I don't know if that's good or bad. I, you know, we, I, I was doing traffic before we had mobile data terminals and before we had printed citations that were, I, um, you know, printed in your car. We, we had the book of 25 citations, press hard, you're making five copies and all that. And, and technology really did help in eliminating some of the stuff that we had to worry about carrying, but it replaced it with other equipment that we had to worry about functioning properly or making sure it was maintained. Um, the biggest benefit, I think, was if the radio was really busy and you needed to run a license plate through dispatch to see if it was valid, or if you needed to run a driver's license to see if it was valid, or you needed to run a warrant check to see if the person you were dealing with had any open wants or warrants. If the radio was busy, you just might not be able to get that done. Um, and on a good Friday, Saturday night, when I say good, I mean busy Friday, Saturday night with other calls, that just wasn't the priority. Yeah. Once you got the mobile data terminal in the car, you do it yourself. Um, you know, all you had to do was let dispatch know where you were for officer survival sake, and then you could do all the rest of the work in the car. Then the challenge honestly became not getting so distracted by what you were doing in the car that you ignored the people in the car that you stopped. Because, you know, they can become a threat at any time. And you, if you're not paying attention, you get caught unawares. Yeah, and that's you know, kind of what we were um, aiming at sharing with the readership in, in these articles in the magazine is the, how technology has advanced all of that, has advanced um, not, not only safety, but um, time management, which goes into safety. Uh, less time you are, you know, stopped in one spot, um, less likely to, you know, something bad is going to happen. And, um, and, and so this first article that, uh, that we were going to talk about is uh, keeping an eye on traffic. And it's about um, automatic license plate readers. I, I spoke to both um, Nathan Maloney from uh, Leonardo Elsag and uh, Larry Legere from um, He's the commercial director for Art AutoView uh, for Genetech and basically talked to him about the evolution of uh, ALPR and how that has made, you know, the lives of law enforcement agencies easier. And really, you know, we, we think 
right? Think of AOPR for officers on patrol as being that unit that's attached to the patrol car, um, that, that's scanning license plates, uh, that's taking in information. Um, but they really did focus on fixed uh, units and how those, those help as well. And well, when you think of the fixed units, a lot of times are used for, um, you know, parking enforcement, um, you know, tollways, uh, more that we might think of more mundane um, tasks uh, than actively scanning license plates uh, that, that officers are looking out for. Um, but, but they explain that when it comes to traffic in general, that it will, you know, you can control traffic better. You can have less traffic in different areas, um, especially when it comes to parking and parking garages and, and things like that. You, you have less people circling, uh, trying to find spots, you know, causing accidents and, and that frees up, you know, manpower, you know, have to, you know, respond to a, a fender bender um, around a parking uh, situation. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Um, what's your, your take on that when it comes to things like, you know, parking enforcement and, and uh, traffic around, say, a downtown area? You know, I think it's an interesting way to use ALPR for access control. Yes. And certainly you can for restricted um, parking garages or um, tracking how long vehicles are parked in certain places. And you can kind of map out traffic patterns, traffic density, and then you have data to work from. But to me, that's the real magic. The tool of ALPR is, is awesome, but it's the data mining and the data management to me is where the real magic occurs. So you can tell, I mean, for instance, if you, you if you have a college campus and you have a restricted parking garage and it's restricted to certain dorm areas or certain students attending certain classes in certain buildings or whatever, I mean, you have an enforcement tool there. If somebody's abusing it or somebody's not supposed to get in there, then the gate won't even open for them. Yeah. Um, but what if you have somebody who's uh, wanted for questioning or, or wanted their suspect in a crime or something like that, and the ALPR catches them driving by, I mean, you can identify sometimes where suspects are and know where to look for them or get an alert that they were just in a particular area to go look for the vehicle. They're, they're a wonderful investigative tool as well, but it all goes back to the artificial intelligence that that's sorting that data that's available um, and, and giving you intelligence that you can act from. To me, that's the biggest strength of it. The, the, uh, the access control and the tracking and mapping and all that, that's cool. But I mean... I guess it's just the nature of the beast. I'm all about catching the bad guys. And, that, and that's the strength. Well, yeah. And in some of the advancements uh, with th these units too, um, you know, it's no longer just scanning the plates. Um, you know, they, right. they can, they can see, you know, the color of the vehicle, the make of the vehicle, the, you know, they know it's, you know, a, a blue Chevy van uh, driving down the highway. Um, they, it, they can spot things like that now that can, you know, get that information to agencies quicker. So it is, it is interesting. The ability of it to, and, and I mean, there, nobody would ever think that a bad guy would switch plates on his car, right? Right. Wink, wink, nod, <laughs> nod. Okay. So the fact that the ALPR can look for vehicle types and colors, um, that that's another, I mean, it's, it's just like having more eyes on the road, looking for what you're looking for. And the fact that they're, they can be fixed as well as moving, um, you know, consider the option of, uh, there's a lot of schools where they have a speed camera or a speed enforcement area and the vehicles are actually going to slow down and make it that much easier for an ALPR unit. If it's teamed up there 
to, to recognize cars and license plates. It's just that the ways to use it uh, are kind of limited by your imagination. So the next article I wanted to talk about is uh, this one. It's a small solution to a big problem. Basically talked about radar speed signs and uh, how, you know, they can obviously help slow down traffic. Uh, these are the, the signs sometimes are trailered, sometimes are not. Um, and you have the, you know, the, the speed that the driver is going. Um, but that how, you know, they, they help agencies cut down on manpower. And, you know, some of these, some of them can be cost prohibitive, especially those, those big ones on big trailers are tough to, to um, get from place to place. Uh, but I spoke to uh, Gates County, North Carolina Sheriff uh, Ray Campbell, and basically he was tasked uh, with ad addressing the issue of drivers coming into the, uh, the town of Gatesville, that they would come off the highway at, at high rate speed and they wouldn't slow down coming into town. And uh, he looked into radar speed signs and specifically one from the company Radar Sign. It's a TC400, which is it's a small compact model um, that weighs, you know, about 40 pounds or so. And you affix it to, you know, a, a speed pole. You can affix it to other, you know, uh, you know, a yield sign. You can affix it to signs just using a couple of brackets. And it's easy enough for the, uh, you know, officer on patrol or deputy in this case to uh, put it up and take it down um, if they want to you know, move it to other areas to collect data uh, for different spots. So he was, you know, very happy about, you know, what kind of data they were um, collecting from this thing. And not only the data, but just that automatic, you know how it is, Frank, when, when drivers see those signs, they see the speed and usually they do slow down if it's, you know, a responsible driver. Um, yeah. and, and when you go into some of these small towns, um, you know, especially when I take road trips down here from Florida, uh, going up North, you have these towns like this one went from, uh, 55 miles an hour to 35 miles an hour to 20 miles per hour on the main street. So it jumps and, and for, you know, someone coming off the highway, he said at times they had people going, you know, he, he said through the 45 mile an hour, um, distance they, they they had people going in the mid 70s uh through this town so um through the use of this data uh, he was able to um get in touch with someone from the from the state um and and they're working on um basically bringing down um dropping the speed limit on the road to 35 miles an hour because of those because of that high rate of speed people come, were coming in on and um and and just had great things to say you know about the way that the sign worked and um they were able to get it using a grant so it didn't you know really cost them anything and uh it, it was just a great example of a small department um with just a few officers being able to save on manpower because the town was asking them you know we we want a deputy with a you know radar unit every day out there patrolling yeah. this area and they, they just they can't do it so i want to be really careful about how we say this though here when we say save on manpower we are not yeah. meaning that agencies can cut their staff 
No, um, no, not and at And they all. don't need them because of this yeah. equipment. What we're saying is because so many agencies are already mm-hmm. challenged and short-staffed. Of course. That if you have an enforcement need, someplace that would normally take a body or two or three out of your normal rotation, you can replace some of them, some of that with this equipment. So you can then use those, those that personnel, those bodies in, in other enforcement needs. Um and honestly, that, that's, that's a, good that's point, a big right? challenge in, in today's law enforcement world. Recruiting and retention, as we all know, is really challenged. So uh, when you're short staffed and you still need some kind of enforcement presence or you're trying to meet a public safety need, if, if it can be done by some piece of equipment like this, um, you know, it's a good option to exercise. Yeah, yeah, and that, exactly. That's a great point, Frank. And uh, Sheriff Campbell is saying that, yeah, they're, they're a department of 15 uh, they only have two deputies per shift and not everybody is radar certified. So it, it really did pose an issue. Um, and, and they were able to solve it using this sign. It's hard for me. And, and I'm not saying it, it, it's not true, but um, I, I kind of feel like being radar certified, LIDAR, whatever, it, that ought to all be part of the academy anymore. I can't imagine a police officer on the street not equipped with a radar unit with front and rear antennas not certified in, in radar, yeah. use, not able to testify to the, yeah. the speeding. That's amazing. I mean, and, and that speaks to the short amount of time, the lack of training time and the lack of training budget. If that's going on, we have a, that's another symptom of the issue of the challenge. So the last uh, article I wanted to touch on here is uh, it's a data driven approach to traffic safety and uh, ba- basically how online cloud uh, crash reporting solutions allow for better access in uh, analytics, uh, data access and analytics for uh, law enforcement agencies. And so we spoke to um, um, Steve Pe- person who is uh He's a retired Lansing uh, Police Department, um, uh, I think, a lieutenant uh, in Michigan, and he was with them for 25 years, and now he's with LexisNexis Logic Solutions, and he basically talked about how um, data collected through online citations uh, can help officers and um, in the public they serve to keep them safer. So, like you talked about, Frank, back in the day, um, you didn't have online citations. You had to do all that stuff through paper. And, um, and and so how, you know, how did that affect? You know, you talked a little bit about it, but just the amount of time that went into that. Well, it, it's not so much the amount of time. I mean, writing a citation versus typing a citation. Well, yeah. Six and one half dozen the other. But the challenge there is back in the day, as we say, when, when I turned in my copies at the end of the shift, then they had to get processed and they had to get sent through the county to the state and somebody had to put them in a system and that could take days. And in the meantime, you could miss tracking somebody who you're, you know, you may not even know that they're wanted for a crime because that hasn't got in the yes. system yet. And they may be, and it's three or four or five days later. And that was your lag time. You couldn't track their travel or see patterns or any of that. And now it's, it's done in much more real time and you get that data driven intelligence uh, back so much faster. And that really does empower law enforcement to impact public safety more immediately and more efficiently. Well, and the amount of data that, you know, can be collected and stored. And then you said, look, look back up to, to, to see who, you know, who you're pulling over and if they're wanted for anything. And, um, and, and that, 
the way these things are done, that they can be done you know, from inside the patrol car, you know, by, by the, uh, the vehicle itself. And with, you know, the mobility of tablets and stuff, it, it, it does kind of make it, uh, easier than, than it even was when they first came out with these, uh, uh, these tools. Oh yeah. So, I had one of the first yeah. tablets in my car and, uh, it was amazing that we could take them out. They were, even then they were ruggedized and, dropping them was frowned upon because ruggedized meant one thing and we thought it meant something else, but yeah, right. the mobility of it, the ability to locate yourself where you're doing the work is, is a strength, especially for officer survival. Um, and I want to reiterate that we should never get so sucked into the technology that we start ignoring a potential threat. Uh, we have to maintain our awareness and, and, and what's going on around us and not, we, we just can't let the technology distract us from seeing the, the cues that alert us to a threat. Yeah. And that's the, you know, the technology should make things should make officers more available and not less available. I think that's the, the big thing too. And, and safer. safer. Yeah. And safer. And, um, and yeah, so, you know, the last thing on this article was, was that, you know, a, a lot of times it, it's been bigger departments that have gotten this technology um, departments that could afford it or departments that uh, had, you know, had the technology uh, available, but now, you know, as the technology is getting cheaper and with things like uh, LexisNexis cop logic solutions, um, all departments pretty much have, you know, access and the ability to, to use tools like this um, on the road. So it's, you know, we always talk about how many um, departments in the U.S. are smaller departments and having tools like this available um, is, is a game changer. And, and it really is. And no matter what size your agency is, these tools can be a game changer. Obviously, the bigger the agency, the more data but yeah. the smaller the agency, the greater impact you're going to see in supporting your manpower challenges. So, I mean, every agency can, can, can benefit from this. Well, Frank, is there anything you want to add to this about, uh, you know, traffic safety enforcement, anything that, uh, you know, you want to talk about uh, maybe a traffic stop or something, or, or just being on the roadways as an officer, something that you uh, observed in the past? I, I you know, after 40 years, Paul, there's, there's so many things that you could discuss yeah. about traffic stops and, and the oddities and the absurdities. Um, I, I think real quick for a moment, I want to honor a guy named Sean Davenport. Sean passed a few years ago. And uh, late in the late 80s, I was his field training officer. And we were sitting one night running radar, watching cars speed by, and I wanted to go get them. I mean, people doing 16 over, I want to go get them. Guys going 21 over, I want to go get them. And Sean, for whatever reason, sitting there going, nope, that's not the one we want. Nope, that's not the one we want. And finally, this car comes through our radar. He's doing maybe eight or nine miles over the speed limit. I'm not even going to look at this guy. And Sean goes, that's the one we want. And I went, why? He said, just go pull him over. And I, mind you, I'm the FTO. And this guy's telling me which cars to pull over. It was awesome. But we pulled this guy over. And we pulled hundreds of thousands of dollars of crack out of his glove compartment. Wow. And I don't know how Sean did it. I tipped my hat to him. It was like you could smell it. But, you know, it's one of those traffic stops. And again, I say this. You never know what you're going to walk up on. And tools like these actually help us identify threats much more efficiently today. The officers are better off for having them. So anyway, that's your story for the day. Hey, thanks, Frank. Well, I want to thank everybody for joining us um, on another you know, episode of the Officer Roll Call podcast. As always, if you have any questions for us, any suggestions, you can reach us at editors at officer.com. 
And uh, yeah, thanks, Frank. I think this went well. And uh, is there anything you wanted to add? Nope. I want everybody to stay safe. Hey, take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of Officer Roll Call. Be sure to check back every two weeks for a new episode. Stay safe.